This is the Land Legacy Podcast, brought to you by Whitetail Properties Real Estate. We're your hosts, Adam Keith. And Matt Dye. This is your weekly resource for habitat management, wildlife management, and recreational real estate. We hope you guys enjoy the show. Welcome back, everybody, to a Land and Legacy podcast. This is uh, Brady Bradley here, and I've got a guest today, Alan Summerford. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing great. We're uh, just sitting here baking in the sun and rolling up some hay. <laughs> That's about right. My brother, I was talking to my brother yesterday on the phone. He sent me a map of, he said, y'all are in that heat bubble right now, aren't you? And I said, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. He sent me a map and like right over you know, Southwest Missouri, Northwest Arkansas, Southeast Kansas, Northeast Oklahoma, there's just a huge bubble on the map. It just said hot. And uh, his buddy had sent it to him. He said, I would not want to be there right now. And and he sent it to me, thought it'd be funny. And I think today it's supposed, every day this week, it's been over a hundred. I think we've only had maybe one day or two days over a hundred this year. And it was 104 on Monday. And it's just, it's going down about a degree a day. So I think tomorrow it's it's only going to be a hundred. So yeah. it's been hot. Know, it it's hot, but you know this this little wave of heat's been really high temperature, but the humidity's been down just a touch. Yeah. Um, the the tail end of all that rain we had, and yeah. we were, we had so many storms. It was knocking trees down on fences everywhere, and we was out there trying to cut yeah. trees off fences. And the humidity temperature was only probably like ninety one, ninety two. Yeah. But the humidity all the rain on the ground and everything being wet, that was more miserable than what this yeah. is to me. And my little boy, he's he loves to be outside, and it's killing him right now because the school won't let him have recess because it's hot. Oh, yeah. And I'm yeah. just, we are raising a bunch <laughs> of damn snowflakes. Like, <laughs> them kids outside. Yeah. Cut it a little short. But, man, get them kids outside. Let them experience some, they, some hot they weather. Need, they need it. Yeah, my, my two girls – First thing they said this morning when I dropped them off, you think we'll be able to go outside today for recess? I said, it's going to be the same temperature it was yesterday, and they didn't let you go out yesterday, so I doubt it. it but, man, it's just uh, – it's been crazy. It's been crazy hot. We walked out of church Sunday, and my wife looked at me. She said, man, this hurts. It's a different kind of heat. I said, you're right. It felt like we were in an oven. But, but I mean, I can I can see the end in sight. We're supposed to get a little cool down this week. I say a cool down. It's supposed to be lower 90s. So yeah. that could at least be a little bit better. Um, but, right. man, we're, we're going to want to get on here today and talk about something you don't necessarily talk about. Um, I know that Kyle and Frank, you mentioned they'd done one on here before. Um, but with season right around the corner, what is it, the 24th here of August? Man, dove season's right away right around the corner what a week and a half away that's and right i know i know you're itching to get out you've got you've got a little one you want to take i know i've got some girls that are just itching to go and uh man it's it's just it's that time of the year that we look forward to right when everything starts to change and hunting seasons start to open up and and man the, the good time the good time all of our work all year from last year is finally starting to pay off. We're starting to see the fruits of it. So, absolutely. So, I just kind of wanted to, you know, get on here and let's just let's just talk a little bit about about dove hunting. Like I said, it's not something you hear all the time, not something you hear on a podcast all the time. But kind of your thoughts about it, you know, how you manage your property. You do a little bit more management for the dove than 
than I do. I like to get out and enjoy them, but, but you're actually getting out there and, and, you know, maybe putting some, you know, planting some stuff, maybe, uh, you know, let, elaborate a little bit on that. Let's, let's, let's just get into this thing. Yeah. So, you know, here in North Alabama, you've got to be very intentional to have a good dove hunt. Um, we're in an area that, that, you know, there's a lot of open ground. Um, there's a lot of row crop around um, yeah. and a lot of people. And a lot of people down here in the South, man, dove hunting is, man, that's everybody's kickoff. Um, yeah. For for ages, since I was a kid, I mean, I even remember calling in to the um, Alabama Department of uh, Fish and Wildlife one time, and I asked them, you know, we always open up on Saturday at noon. I called them and asked them, was like, why can't y'all open it up at daylight so we can get yeah. this thing started a little earlier? <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, like, we're all just chomping at the bit. We've got cabin fever ready to get out. And, man, the dove hunt is just one of those absolutely great opportunities to get everybody out. And people that yeah. don't really hunt come yeah. out to dove hunt because it's just so much fun to – to sit around with all your buddies, you talk and you eat some good food, watch some college mm-hmm. football, and then yep. shoot a few birds. And uh, and it's just one of those deals that everybody down here just craves it, that loves yep. it. Um, and it's just, it's a lot of fun, to, especially for the younger kids. You don't have to sit still and be so quiet as you do yeah. deer. You get out there and you talk and you holler across the field. And man, it's yep. just a, a fun, fun time. But uh, here in North Alabama, you got to be very intentional, um, and, it, and that starts that starts almost the year. You know, say right now, I'm doing things that will start bringing birds in next year. Yeah, uh, I'll have some small areas, and you you don't have to take a large amount of ground to do this. Um, an acre or two for each one of these practices will will help you. Um, have a really really good dove hunt come September um, and one of those things is you know the biggest thing is, is everybody spreads some wheat um, to to dove hunt over um, it's legal if you do it to um, have an agricultural practice or a food plot or you know erosion control there's several different options that down here in Alabama you can do to spread wheat and you have to do it you know under a certain amount of uh, poundage, I think it's like 300 pounds per acre, less than 300 yeah. pounds per acre. And, you know, if the game board walks out there and you hadn't covered it up and you can just see tons and tons and tons of wheat on the ground, he's going to lay down a little square. And if there's too much in that square, he's going to write you a ticket. Um, but you don't have to have that much wheat on the ground. I plant it just like I would plant for my hay fields. And that seems to be plenty of wheat yeah. on the ground. And, uh, and that wheat, you know, it's attracting them immediately when you put it out. But what I'm doing with an acre or so of it is I let that go. I leave it standing and I treat that as if I was going to harvest wheat as a crop. Yeah. And so come June, um, that's where everything kind of starts is, uh, you know, they're, they're hitting that little wheat crop when it starts dropping seeds out. I mean, I've sprayed it out. It's just a monoculture of wheat and uh, the doves are hitting that pretty hard. Um, the other thing that I'm doing that's kind of starts earlier than what you do in dove season is, is a burn somewhere around your dove field. It does not have to be right beside where you hunt, but in close enough proximity that I've, I've started doing burns where you're doing them a little bit later in the spring, um, cooking it pretty hot and a lot of bare ground 
And what pops up is ragweed and pokeweed. Two of the Dove's favorite native foods. I mean, it just doesn't get any better. I mean, it's it's serving a purpose for your deer, your quail, your turkeys. But, man, the Doves love to roost around in those pines. They love the openness of the pines. Um, and they love, you know, it's a lot of bare ground. Doves need some bare ground. Yeah. That sort of serves mm-hmm. as my bare ground aspect that I don't have to go and just disc a bunch of stuff up continuously. Mm-hmm. It stays open enough in those places that they have some bare soil at pretty much all through the summer. Um, but then, you know, we get into, we get into the food. I think that's another testament, Alan, to, you know, just managing your property the right way, taking those initial steps, because you may not even be managing it strictly for dove. You may not even be managing it strictly for turkeys or, or deer. It doesn't matter. You may just be wanting to burn it. You may just be wanting to create that quality habitat. But when you create that quality habitat, you're creating it for for deer for turkey for for dove that not everybody may be thinking about management for so you're getting that early successional growth that's that's great for for you know from anything from dove to quail to deer to turkey so i think i think that's just another testament to say hey look you know we're not just managing for deer like what we do is is helping everything you know yeah that's exactly right when you do that kind of stuff on the property, you're you're focusing on maybe one thing, but man, you're helping so much more. And it's not just the deer, turkey, quail, dove, yeah. the hunting species, man, the everything. everything. Um, we see so much more benefit, you know, your your pollinators, your butterflies, your bees, um, rabbits. It goes all the way down the line when you're managing a property in this way to you're really, really, a, it's a holistic approach where you're, you're helping all aspects of the farm. All aspects. All aspects yeah. of Absolutely. Absolutely. Sorry. But, I didn't uh, get off there, man. No, no, that was a good little tangent right there. Um, but so <laughs> then, you know, we get into the food plot world of dove hunting and, uh, there's a lot of different crops that you can plant. Um, man, I really, really, really like sunflowers. I plant usually about one or two acres of sunflowers. Yeah. Um, and this year I actually planted a blend. Um, it's got some sunflowers. It's got some sesame. Um, it's got a couple of different millets. Um, it's got a little bit of sorghum. And I even tried to spread it, go a little bit farther. I, so I mixed some cracked corn in with it just to make my planter work right. And, man, I got some corn out. So <laughs> it's kind of a little smorgasbord. And, that, yeah. uh, <laughs> and it's right, I literally, like, it is on the edge of my yard. And, uh, so it's been, you know, one of those things It's man, it's beautiful to look at, um, my, my wife and the kids, they go out there and take a bunch of family photos. Absolutely. Um, my little boy, he picks sunflowers and stuff. Uh, you know, we, we bring in flowers for mama and, yeah. uh, and he said, now mama, we can't take too many of these because, you know, these seeds, they're for the doves. That's right. and, uh, <laughs> Smart boy. That's right. Yeah. So he learned a great big old pie plate size head. Oh, let's leave awesome. that. Maybe let's grab that stalk that's got three yeah. or four smaller heads on it. So that's good. He he's uh he he understands it. He gets it. Yeah. And and then it's you know it's it's fun for the whole family to get out there and take some good photos. Um, but so you know I'm planting that. You want to plant that pretty early. Like if you can get it in the ground, you know mid April, 
yep. late April. You want that stuff to kind of get dried out pretty good before dove season gets here so that you can then manipulate it how you want to um, without herbicide. I mean, if you can't get around to it and you get it in a little bit later, you know, you may have to spray some herbicide in there yeah. to dry out. Um, and you still want that bare soil aspect underneath all of that. You don't want that too thick and hairy to where they like to see some bare soil that they can land on. They don't like digging around through any kind of duff or, you know, um, stuff to have to, they got little bitty weak legs. So you yeah. want them to be able to get in there easy, land easy and walk around and just pick seeds. Um, so then there's that, that side of it. Um, the food plot side. So then, you know, that, that right there, it's, it's doing its thing all summer long. Um, and I'm in a little bit different situation. What a lot of people are is I, you know, I'm running a cattle farm and, uh, I cut and bale a lot of hay. Well, I've, I've kind of changed the fields up just a little bit and, uh, got a lot of the fescue sprayed out. What actually came back naturally was barnyard grass and foxtail, which those are absolutely amazing for doves. Um, you can leave those fields like that standing and, um, burn them at dove season. And man, that's a, that's an awesome strategy. Here in the county that I live in, unfortunately, we're not allowed to burn. I think it's the only county around, maybe Jefferson County down in Birmingham. But we're not allowed to burn from May until, uh, I think, October 31st. Wow. And I've gotten a couple burns done during that time, but uh, you literally, it's an act of Congress. And it's all this daggum epa mess that oh. all the plants on the river and everything they pollute like crazy and so they don't want us disturbing the air quality that they're they're tearing up so mm-hmm. it's one of those deals yeah but if you've got that kind of grass man let that stuff just kind of dry out and uh burn it right before the hunt man that's done excellent um but if that's not an option i cut it for hay um man it makes really really good hay and then you're cutting, I cut these fields around the, around this sunflower patch and around where my dove hunt's going to be, um, stage them out. Uh, you know, I'll cut one and it's going to last for about a week to feed the birds. Well, now you've got those summer, those summer, um, you know, local birds, they hammer it. They'll hit that field. And I mean, it'll be awesome. And then about the time the grass starts growing back again, they're, they're gone. So start manipulating those fields a little bit at a time you may take five acres this week take five or ten acres the next week and you know just keep on rotating those around where those birds are staying and it doesn't have to be right beside your dove field it can be you know a mile or two over I and mean, they're going to yeah. travel that far to find oh, the best yeah and so manipulating those little fields as hay fields in a timely fashion and it just sort of works out with my hay operation that that's holding a ton of birds um, so then you got that aspect and then every one of my hay fields, and this is where everything starts lining up. Um, you start cutting those hay fields the last time you want to cut them about, um, middle of August. And then I'm going right behind the cutter and I drill in a blend of crimson clover, wheat, and ryegrass. And I'm not doing it to necessarily have a dove hunt, but just drilling it for those purpose to cut hay off of dude it brings the birds <laughs> and so just be timely with that um yeah. and you can do it 1000 percent legal 
and have an awesome hunt. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's been the, that's been my strategy, my kind of my year round strategy to have local birds all summer long in and around on the property. And then when it gets go time, I plant one field, I plant about a 20 acre field. And then that concentrates all the birds to that one field for that specific hunt. Yeah. yeah. I, th I think, I think what's cool is you're not necessarily going out much on a limb of doing anything just necessarily just for the dove, but overall for everything, everything's benefiting. And the dove are just obviously one of the, one of the other wildlife that are benefiting from it. And, you know, I, we talked about this earlier. Most people, when they're thinking about dove hunting, they're thinking about doing it for maybe one to two weeks. That's right. And then they're moving off. I'm, I remember when I was living down south in Arkansas, I worked in the Delta of Arkansas and kind of over in Mississippi a little bit. It seemed like about every other field I went in, there was about a one acre patch of sunflowers there. Yeah. And you come back, you come back about middle of September, most of it's mowed down and nobody ever really steps foot in it again. <laughs> but, you yep. know, just that, just that, that, culture of it that aspect i mean you're not doing a ton and i mean it's just all goes back to your just normal farming operation and you're able to reap those benefits just because you're doing it the right way you're you know you're taking the you're taking the right steps i think that's awesome yeah, that, that's absolutely right you know and, and then you know i'm doing it because it's it's a productive cattle farm and i'm trying yeah. to i'm trying to do both yeah. um so you know, that's that's kind of the strategy if you do have a cattle farm or even a row crop farm. Um, these are some of the strategies that I use in a productive farm to do this. Now, you know, there's another, there's a lot of people out there that are not on a productive farm. They have a hunting farm. Yeah. And so you can still do a lot of these same practices, very similar, but what you're going to change just slightly is you may have a set aside part of the farm that you want to dove hunt on. Yeah. And, you know, diversity is key. Say you've got a 10 acre field or even a five acre field. Um, and I've even hunted over one acre fields. Oh, yeah. um, just how big of a shoot you want to have. But if you'll take that that five or 10 acre field and diversify that field, just like what I was talking about, have an aspect of wheat, have an aspect of yeah. sunflower, have an aspect of maybe some some natives around it, you know, with your burning. And and then yeah. on top of that, do some disking. Um you know, what, what a lot of people are doing is they're running a disc. They're just running a couple of, you know, 10 foot wide strip yeah. around their sunflowers or around their wheat or in those areas. Cause you're just, you're doing the same exact thing that I'm doing all summer long, but you're just doing it on a little bit smaller scale and you just keep that diversity in that field. And the birds are going to relate to it really, really well. I think, you know, one of the things I remember when, when I was growing up is, you know, my dad didn't have much of a a habitat mindset. It was just kind of go out and hunt. You know, whatever's there was that what's what's there. But there was one spot in our in our horse pasture. We had about a ten acre horse pasture, and uh, a few weeks before season, we'd always go out there and disc it up. You know, we didn't have enough horses that would kind of that would mow it down. So we had a we had a mix of broadleaf in there. Um, you know, some forbs that were mixed in with the grass. So we'd go out there just a few weeks before dove season maybe two weeks and just lightly disc and i tell you what i i spent a lot of time out there as a kid just by myself just sitting sitting on the edge of the tree line just shooting dove and it may have been right under a power line you know they always come up there and 
get on the power line. I can't tell you how many times I shot and I could hear that power line just kind of buzzing. But, you know, I was a kid. I was trying to shoot some dove, you know, and if I shot three or four, my goodness, that was the best day. And I remember, you know, it didn't take a lot to get out there and shoot them. I think that's what's so cool about dove hunting is you can get the kids involved. You can get, you can get a lot of new hunters out there involved and relatively a little bit of work. But if you're already doing the work on your property, man, you, that, that makes a huge, huge difference on it. It's, it, yeah. it's really, I was talking to a, a landowner. I was at his place uh, on Tuesday and um, I said, do y'all ever do much dove hunting around here? Knowing that they don't ever do anything for dove on his place. It's, it's strictly for, you know, mostly everything they're doing is for deer in mind. Um, and he said, you know what? Every year we have like a camp cleanup the beginning of September. And in the middle of the day, we'll just all get up, grab a shotgun and go walk the bottom fields. They've got a, uh, you know, a field system that goes for about half a mile through his property and they just all walk down there, you know, this is an area that they burn, they they're getting it back into pollinators, you know, they're doing what they need to with it. And he said, every year we'll just take a hike through the middle of the field around the edges and man, they just shoot 10, 15, 20 dove and they're not even trying to, you know, that's just, they're not even, that's not what they're doing it for, but just doing it the right way is the benefit you get that benefit of the dove the turkeys enjoying it you know everything enjoying it and that's that's, right. man, that's, that's what i love so much about dove hunting it's, yeah, you, it's a lot of you fun sound, Go you ahead. sound a lot like me as a kid man i i loved it so much as a kid i would i would go almost every afternoon just go find a cattle pasture with a dead yeah, truck yeah. or a power line or whatever and yep. man there's no telling how many times I've belly crawled after one dove. <laughs> yeah. Man, that was it. That was it, yeah. wasn't it? That's, that's like right, a, man. That's like a 180. You get that dove on the ground, you've done something. Yeah. That's right. That's right. But I was I, – I loved it. I ate it up. I mean, I remember I played football one year, and, dude, I loved some football. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. But then I realized, man, now I'm practicing every single day of the week. What, what, when am I going to go dove hunting? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was kind of a one and done with football just because yeah. I loved hunting so much. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of sounds like me with baseball. That's what happened with college baseball. I was like, ah, I just, this taking up too much time of my, my hunting. So that was it. But that's yeah, right. I, I think, I think that's awesome. You know, I think, you know, right here at the beginning of the summer, I know it's hot, but man, getting the family out there, getting, getting the kids out there, getting them involved. I know my girls, they're itching every day. When's hunting season rolling around? When's deer season? You know, we go on dove hunting. We, I'm part of a an outdoor ministry, and we're holding a youth dove hunt here on Labor Day weekend and a women's hunt. And uh, we've got about a 20 acre milo field that we're going to be one of my buddies planted. Uh, he's a he's a farmer, and and my, my girls caught wind that we were doing a youth hunt. Well, <laughs> our our age restrictions 11, and our oldest is eight. Well, she'll be eight, and she's she's pretty ticked at me because she's not going to be able to to do the youth hunt but i said don't worry we'll we'll go find we'll go find another field we'll we'll shoot some dove and, that's right man it's just a lot of, it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun and yeah we have, we have you can reap the benefits you can reap the benefits from your everyday practices that's, that's what's right. so cool about it that's right you know we have a little bit you know different situation down in west alabama we usually do a hunt down there every year like you was talking about the kickoffs to 
that's usually when I call all my buddies up that, that hunt with me. I say, like, hey, man, we're doing a dove hunt, but we also going to work on some tree stands, getting yep. the strap placed, cutting our shooting Absolutely. line. Um, we may even plant a food plot or two if the weather's right, you know. So that's a good that's a good avenue if you need some help done on the farm. Yeah. <laughs> you, you get your little dove field going, and everybody's everybody's ready. Everybody's in. Everybody's right. in. Cook some lunch, hang a stand or two, plant a food plot, and hey, let's go shoot some dove afterwards. Yeah, you come and help me hang a stand. We'll, we'll shoot some dove. That's awesome. That's, that's exactly awesome. right. It's it's just but, uh, um, you know another another strategy, and we kind of hit on it just slightly. Um, you know that that I've I've always had this aspect on all of my my plots, um, my dove fields is you know a dead tree aspect. Um, oh, yeah. Some of those are just kind of natural, but you know those natural dead trees eventually fall, um, they die. But create those dead trees. Go in there and pick out a location that you really 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 like that's going to yeah. set up hunt and go hack and squirt that tree. Maybe yeah. you got to run, just hack and squirt one of them. Yeah. Um, or two of them here or there um, get that dead tree aspect on your field because that's the birds are going to love to loaf in that dead tree that's just going to make the plot that much more attractive um, so that's another little tool to keep in your belt and you know, a lot of people are trying to put power lines up across their field and stuff but that that hack and squirt sweet gum or something like that man is is killer or a cedar they love to get in a dead cedar tree oh so, yeah yeah, that's funny you mentioned that. I was scrolling through Facebook the other day and I saw somebody putting a putting a power line over their dove field and you know, just running a cable across it. I thought, heck, you know, I, that's what that some of my best hunting was right underneath the power line. That's <laughs> had right. A pine, had a lone pine tree about 20 yards from it. Man, I picked off a lot of dove doing that. But yeah, a lone tree. We've got one at our house and it's right on the edge of the driveway. It's a big old uh pin oak that that died before we bought the property but i mean it's still it's still sticking way up above the canopy and about every morning i look out there and there's there's two or three dove just sitting in it you know overlooking our overlooking our two or three acre field that you know we burn regularly and plant a few food plots in but but yeah i mean they they find you an old dead tree like you said they'll get up in there loaf around look around and kind of swoop down that that that's really good yeah yeah and another strategy too is if you don't want to go the power line route um you know a fence you don't even have to have a five strand fence just build a fence across the middle of it with one wire you know about head high and uh dude, that that'll be a magnet um in a dove field that's you know we're we're a cattle farm so we got fences all the way around all the field. and that's a great place to stick a decoy on um a little mojo action right there and uh especially if you're only hunting you know a small amount of people um, that's a really, really good strategy as well. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. I like it. And I don't know about your feeling on mojos, but when you're on a big dove hunt, I, I really wish people would leave the mojos at home. Um, it seems like every time people get mojos out, they are attracted to the doves, but they, man, yeah. they cause birds to fly in low. And you yeah. got people low with birds. And then you got a lot of people out there, like I said, they don't hunt very much. They don't, yeah. they're not in all this kind of stuff. So they don't think about it quite yeah. like a, a seasoned hunter would. So make sure you keep it safe out there. Um, if you're going to yeah. use a mojo, you need to be the guy on the outside edge of the field where you're shooting away from the rest of the, right. the party. Yeah. And don't put a mojo off in the middle of a whole bunch of people, man. That just, that messes up the whole entire hunt for everybody. Absolutely. 
I think, you know, first time I remember using the mojo for the first time, it was actually me and my brothers. I've got three older brothers and I didn't get to hunt with my brothers a lot growing up because I was significantly younger. I mean, by the time I was born, my oldest brother was, he was about to leave for college. Um, but I remember one time one of my brothers got him a, got a mojo and we were all at the house for, I don't remember what we were at my parents' house for, but we went out there, set up under the power line. He said, hey, I'm going to throw this mojo out here. And forever, my whole life, all those dove would do the same thing. They'd fly over about treetop high, land on that power line, come down low, you know, feed a little in the grass, you know, the area that we typically disc up. And he threw that mojo out there and he didn't put it out very far. It was maybe 10 yards in front of us. And every daggum dove just came flying right next to us. And it, after about, after about the first five or 10 dove that did that, we we're like, okay, this is, this, this isn't how we, we're going to have to learn to shoot now. We yeah. can't, we can't take them. We can't take them off the power lines anymore. Yeah. But, That's right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Be safe out there. Another little tip on the power line is I'll take a fishing pole and string a dove decoy on the fishing pole. And then you can just toss that, uh, toss that dove decoy up there on the power line. And man, it's, <laughs> if you've got a big long power line and you're sitting there by yourself and you need help to get them to land where you want them to land, yeah. um, that's another good strategy we like to use as well. So I like it. I like it. There's, there's so much to do, you know, now that, like I said earlier, season's coming right around the corner and it's that time, you know, it's, it's time to get out and start thinking, get those shotguns out, try to get, get the shotgun shells around and man, it's, it's here. Um, I wanted to, uh, I got a, I was going to see if you have any funny stories related to dove hunting. I know kind of everybody's got, got one funny story. I got, uh, <laughs> yeah, I got one. So, I uh, just, just yeah. kind of bring that family aspect to it. I know, you know, it's a good time with buddies. It's, and I've got one I'll, I'll share, but, um, as we wrap up here, I, I want to hear what, what your funny story is with dove. Hunting. All right. I, I got a pretty good one. Um, so we, we always have a bunch of pigeons come in on our dove field. Um, <laughs> And, uh, hey, people may knock them, but pigeons eat just as good as a dove. Just a little more <laughs> yep, yep. So, uh, anyways, we shoot them and we eat them just like we would a dove. But uh, one time, my wife, um, we're, in fact, she was sitting there with, uh, I think she was actually pregnant when she killed it. I can't remember if she was, is that, if, is that year or if it was right after we had our son. But anyways, um, had a group of pigeons come over and she knocked one down. The thing was banded. Actually, oh, really? yeah, and so there was a number on the band, and um, I was all excited. I'm gonna call this number in, and <laughs> man, I got the biggest chewing in my life. Are you serious? <laughs> it was a homing pigeon. <laughs> oh my goodness! Somebody <laughs> homing pigeon, and they released it somewhere up in Chicago, and they raced these pigeons. Like this, I didn't even know it was a yeah. thing. But big deal. These people, they raise these pigeons, and they take them up somewhere, and they race them. And, uh, so they, they try to, you know, they have contests to see how, who has the fastest pigeon that can get from like way up North to way down South. Well, this one didn't win the race. He, he uh, was dead last, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, but he was, oh, beautiful. Man. I mean, an absolutely beautifully colored pigeon. And then the week later I shot a banded dove and actually legit banded dove that was banded over in Mississippi oh, and wow. it only maybe two counties. And uh, I shot it on our dove hunt down there in West Alabama. But 
so they're at the taxidermist and um, still waiting to get them back. But so we're going to have a, a mounted dove and a mounted pigeon, both banded. So it's pretty cool. Those, those people didn't want their pigeon back. <laughs> I didn't let them have it back. After they chewed me up, <laughs> man, sorry. <laughs> yeah. He ain't good. Yeah. Yep. That's uh, right. Good. Well, I got, I got one and um, it was, it was my first time to go out dove hunting. I was just a little, I, I remember I was probably first or second grade and I grew up hunting. I grew up around a shotgun, you know, and, and I remember for some reason, my mom just kept telling my dad, you know, don't, don't take him hunting. You know, he's, he's too young to go out dove hunting with y'all. Cause we were going to a friend's property and they had a property set up, you know, they had planted the, the dove field and everything. I can't remember if it was sunflowers or, or what, but I was so young and, and we had just got out of the truck. I remember we just got out of the truck and we're walking down the tree line to get set up. It's right after daylight. My dad said, Hey, there's a, there's a dove up there in an old tree. I remember I can see the tree. You're sitting up in the edge of this tree on the edge of the field. And he said, walk up there and shoot it. And, um, so I take off walking, you know, a little kid. I remember I had a little single shot 20 gauge with a hammer on it. And I tell you what, that thing kicked like a mule. I, to this day, my dad ended up selling it cause he, after I shot it for a little while and then, and then he noticed it was kicking my butt and he shot it one day. He's like, my word, this thing kicks. I said, yeah, well, so I was walking up to this dove and it, it jumped up and, and flew off and I pulled the gun up and I shot and I missed. And I just remember turning around and looking at him and his face just went white. And I was like, what's going on? And all of a sudden I just felt it running down my face. That hammer had stuck the gun under my armpit. And oh. I, didn't even, I, I didn't even realize it. And that hammer came back and smoked me right in the, right in the cheek. And man, I remember the butt chewing my dad got, <laughs> we, we drove back home and I went to their bathroom and my mom was still asleep. And I remember she woke up just, just, just mad as could be. And we went to the hospital and they glued it back together. And, but man, every time I go dove hunting, I think about that and that little, that little 20 gauge shotgun that kicked my butt. Man, no. Yeah. <laughs> we, we didn't have it long after that. I got one of those guns. I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. I can't remember what kind it was. It's been so long, but my word, it kicked my butt. And I said, I'll, I'll never do that to my kids. I'll never even shoot it myself, you know, but, but yeah, I thought that, I thought that was funny. That's why I had to hear your story. Cause I was, I was wanting to share that one. Um, That's all. I just think, you know, I think dove hunting so awesome. It's, like I, I've said it, I don't know how many times just here, but it's just a good time to get out there, kind of, kind of reap the benefits of of everything you've done, and in a way that you may not even expect. You know, all the hard work you've done that whole year, and and if you have put some time and effort into it, it's it's even more rewarding when you get together with a bunch of buddies or the family and get to get out and have you some dove poppers, hopefully, and, and absolutely, man, uh, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah, that's that that's the fun of it, man. It's just a great time to hang out with everybody and and uh, just kick the season off right and and have some fun and be safe. Um, but yeah. one other thing that I might add is, um, you know, doves are are similar to ducks; they imprint. Um, yeah. Don't get discouraged if you've done all of this work and don't have a phenomenal shoot. Um, give it a year or two. Continue yeah. the. Work. Don't stop doing the work because. <laughs> More birds will find that area. More birds will start coming to that area. It's not not everywhere. It's just a man. Let's just go throw some stuff out, and it's going to be great. Yeah, um, you may need to give it a couple of years for them Absolutely. to improve. 
Yeah. Yeah, when that happens, man, it could be it could be awesome. They can be awesome. But well guys, we hope we hope y'all enjoyed this episode. I know it's something a little bit different. Maybe y'all weren't expecting, but I know I know if you're like us, you're you can you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Season's right around the corner and you're just you're just itching to get out. Maybe it's just to dust the shotgun off or maybe another week or two later. I know you got a Tennessee hunt coming up here, so you're getting the bow out and uh Man, it's it's that time of the year that we that we put in all the work for. Finally here. Yeah, it's good. It's fun. It's it may be hot, but it it's it's still fun. So everybody, thank y'all. Um hopefully we'll see y'all. Uh give this a listen and uh we'll see y'all again. Y'all have a good one.